teams sit right on the baseline. The big fella from New Zealand. When we cut him off baseline, he started walking in there. Welcome on into the Baseline Podcast. Um, thanks to everyone that's been tuning in. Been great to pump out some awesome content over the last month. Uh, I have another exciting guest today, Morgan Maskell, uh, coach of the Franklin Bulls. Morgan, thanks for joining us today. You're almost, actually, you can get takeaway coffee now. Um, how does that feel? <laughs> uh, it feels great. For anyone who knows me, I, I live on coffee. So I'm very much looking forward to level three beginning. <laughs> you weren't caught up in the KFC drive through <laughs> No, I, I won't be caught up in the fast food drive throughs but I, I, I will be at my cafe probably more than once tomorrow to get a contactless pickup coffee with a mask on. <laughs> That's good, man. No, it's good to it's good, yeah, good to see you guys come down a level. I know it's not a big difference, but it's a step in the right direction. And um, yeah, as we've we've talked a little bit about off ear, you've made the most of um, yeah your time in lockdown. You've been networking, and um, obviously you got announced as the. Um, the, the head coach of the Franklin Bulls, which is great, you know, as um, head coach role after years of, um, you know, service to the game in New Zealand from, um, you yeah, know, high school, high school stuff you've done with the Hawks, obviously doing stuff in the Bay. So firstly, congratulations. And um, yeah, do you just want to rip right in and tell people who don't know who you are a bit about yourself? Yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, I'm uh, from the North Shore of Auckland, uh, went to Rangitoto College and have now been coaching the better part of a, the decade. Um, started out just doing stuff for the high school after I left uh, with a, a junior B side and um, eventually took over the junior A side and, you know, uh, was privileged to coach a very talented team and we won back-to-back junior titles and uh, caught the bug, you know, wanted to learn more about coaching. Uh, so I went to North Harbour, it was a local association and, uh, I asked to be an assistant coach somewhere in their program because uh, I wanted to learn off someone. And uh, the stars uh, aligned quite nicely. So I got Kenny Stone as a head coach that I could learn off. And uh, he is he's a legend. He's a winner. You know, he's one of the 10 to 20 best players to ever play in New Zealand in our league. And he's, he's won many, many titles. And that was awesome, and that uh, culminated in the Harbour Under-15 boys winning the national championship in 2013, uh, which led to me in my fourth year of coaching getting my first uh, Harbour A team, and we lost in the, the final by three. Um, but it was a great experience, and obviously I'm still in touch with some of those kids. And uh, two years later, came back and we won the Under-17 national championships, uh, which was our first national championship victory. Uh, been over to Australia, we won the Country Cup uh, in under-14s, which is awesome. And a, a bunch of those players are, are still around. There's Ravai Arthur, Sean Murphy, uh, just to name a couple off the top of the head. Um, and then in 2017, uh, as a result of all those things, got an opportunity to work in the New Zealand Junior Program. Uh, and uh, again, uh, got lucky. Zico Coronel was the the head coach of that group and uh, just opened another rabbit hole for me. Uh, Just uh, the amount of knowledge of tactical basketball he had. Um, And I I felt like an idiot for the first however many camps uh, around him. I finally got into the stage where I'm like, maybe I'm good at this. You know, like maybe this could be a thing, you know, basketball coaching. 
Uh, and then uh, being around Zico, man, he is... He just brought it to a whole other level, a uh, bunch yeah. of rabbit holes I'd never experienced. And I think I just spent the first three or four camps around Zico going, sorry, uh, what was what was that concept? What did you mean? Um, I don't Sorry, can you explain further? Uh, I'm not sure. What, what do you mean by that? And just, uh, and it turns out, you know, uh, by the end of it, I had learned a lot and uh, worked very hard, stayed up late nights doing scouts and film with him and uh, he saw something he saw fit to bring me to Hawks Bay and, and, and work with me with the Hawks. And uh, what a great learning opportunity um, for one of New Zealand's greatest basketball minds at the moment uh, to work under him. And um, yeah, managed to do some more high school stuff, worked with Napier girls in that time. And we got top 10 at nationals each year. And every year was the best finish in school history. And great group of girls um, really enjoyed that program. And worked with a lot of the Hawks Bay junior players and um, obviously still follow along a lot of them. Um, you know, the under-15 nationals just been. Uh, I, I coached with um, one of my best friends, Josh Davis, and we won the under-15 national championship with North Harbour. But the Hawks Bay teams, the, the boys came second and the girls came third. And um, that was, yeah, I loved it. That was, that was amazing to watch it. it. It really filled me with a lot of uh, joy watching them succeed. Um, and uh, now getting the opportunity to uh, head coach a team in the NBL um, is a privilege, and I'm, I'm thankful for it. And it's you know something I don't take lightly. And so yeah, during lockdown, be doing a lot of work, uh, putting processes in place. We want to be as professional as possible, and uh, you know bring everything I know about basketball and who I am as a person and what I value to the organization. And uh, whatever players we collect uh, this off season, do absolutely everything in my power to help them uh, achieve their goals and get to the next stage in, in their career. Um, and so, yeah, that's a uh, that that brings me to today talking to you, Stevie. No, oh, awesome. Now that was a great little breakdown, man, and, and always cool to hear about what you've done previously. I think um, it's important that yeah we acknowledge where we've come from in terms of the people we've coached and where we've been and and that we continue to as you do use your connections to help these kids help yourself grow um and then also stay in touch because you never know when you're going to need to call on someone to help you or if or if you can give a kid advice or have them on a team down the line and and so as i've got to know you it's great to see that um that yeah you're looking from a more holistic view to not just you know i'm going to teach a guy a pick and roll and like get the right defensive rotation but like you know i have this connection let's go and let's go and use that and so that's yeah it's it's really really great to hear in terms of um we'll start with the franklin bulls um up and down season for the for the bulls last season but the first was the first full season of them of them being in the comp um i i felt that they that you guys recruited well um had some injuries you know had some with guys that weren't potentially able to play and um at the end of the day the you you now have moved into the head coaching position. What have you? What did you learn from twenty twenty um, to to take into to to uh, sorry from twenty twenty one to take into next season? Um, and then yeah, what can Franklin Bulls fans or just fans of the NBL look to see from you guys as a club on the court next season? Yeah, great question. Twenty twenty one was an interesting experience. Uh, like you said, you know, we thought we had recruited a team. We would have this big man rotation, you know, Zane Waterman, Matt Freeman, and Denham Brook. And by the end of the year, uh, Zane had only played seven games out due to injury. Matt had developed a bacterial infection in his knee, which is completely unlucky, um, and never played a game. Um, 
and uh, we thought at the guard positions, you know, we had Isaac Davidson and, and Dane Brooks, and in the end, Isaac didn't come back. They those two never played a game together because uh, by the time Isaac came back, seven games in, Dane was out for the year was with a severe concussion, um, and uh, Josh Selby developed an injury in the Otago game, and and we lost him for the season as well. Uh, we did play a game at home against Hawks Bay where our top five dudes uh, were all injured. Um, wow. And at this level, uh, that's very tough to handle. Um, but uh, I think, yeah, there's a lot of learnings out of, out of that. Um, you know, through losing, you learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about the league and the team. Um, I think uh, in terms of looking forward to 2022, you know, a lot of it's about ensuring that the everything is on point, uh, we're as professional as possible, as organized as possible, uh, all the little one percenters are, are filled, you know, um, the culture's great, you know, so we've recruited, uh, assistant coaches. We haven't named our staff publicly yet, but we, we advertise for that position and it's all guys uh, that we're recruiting to our organization at every level who are the best. They care for the players as people first and foremost. Uh, yeah, we're not going to give lip service to mental, emotional, social, and spiritual well-being. Um, we're really going to do everything we can to to take care of our people and, and ensure that they uh, achieve their goals and we can get them to the next stage in their career. Um, what style we play on court is yet to be seen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, players ask that all the time, right? Like, how do you see you guys playing? And uh, you can give somewhat of an answer, of course. You know, I, I love the tactics of the game and, and like to think I'm well-versed despite there's always more you can learn. But the style of play has to fit the players that we get. You know, it's our duty as coaches to put them in the best position possible to succeed. And and so we, we can't be forcing square pegs into round holes. We've got to be playing a style that makes sense for the players we have. If we have a traditional five-man playing five out, you know, may not be putting them in the best position to succeed and, and vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. That's good. And I like, I like, yeah, your realness around, um, yeah, you, you have to, you have to acknowledge what the weaknesses, where the weaknesses are. And it's like, right, if we want to be really good, there's no point just getting the best players. We have to put things in place, which are going to really support the club um, and to support the club as a whole then the, the players have to be functioning at the highest level, which is all the stuff that you that you say, or take, ticking all the boxes, um, supporting them in terms of their nutrition and their um, their health and um, their physical health and that sort of stuff as well. So that's, yeah, that's awesome. And I, I love to hear it. In terms of um, not just play, not play style around the, the balls, but um, coaching is a bigger subject in terms of, um, I've had lots of discussions around this offline, it's a bigger discussion around how we develop our coaches in New Zealand, but in terms of playing the right way, it's something that I've, um, I obviously had Tab Baldwin on the podcast a, a couple of days ago and then something that um, Zico and I had discussed and then also we talked about on the podcast. Um, it's like well, we need to develop our coaches so that we can play the right way and teach our kids how to play the right way. But in your eyes, like how do we, if people don't have the knowledge as a coach or as a player, how can they implement styles so they're able to play the game the right way, play efficient basketball, and just continue to learn and grow? It's a really good question. It's a it's a convoluted one. <laughs> I think um, it's it's no secret that the 
you know, you go to a rep tournament in New Zealand and, and Paulie said this on your podcast and uh, the standard of, of play is not high. You know, you, you see players not boxing out all over the place. You see people getting back cut all over the place. You see people taking terrible shots or, or driving one on three and slamming into a bunch of bodies and uh, it doesn't help our players get better. Um there's a tremendous amount of passion in our game and a tremendous amount of volunteers. So uh, Mainland Eagles are doing a great job at the moment. A bunch of different coaching clinics being put on over Zoom and they're getting great attendance. Uh, Paulie's one was fantastic. Fitch's one was fantastic. Um, and they've had a few overseas coaches on as well. Um, it, it, and it's tough in New Zealand because we have a bunch of volunteers uh, with families and uh, they, they work full-time jobs, so you know, asking them to spend hours poring over basketball immersion or slapping glasses is not necessarily the, the most realistic way for us to develop our coaches. Mm. Um, I certainly don't have the answer. I mean, I mean, Sheesh, Paulie and Zika were on your podcast and probably didn't have the, the exact right answer either. Um, we could talk about this for ages. Um, how do we get to the point where uh, all of our youth teams are, you know, one-on-one, you know, cool, you know, try to try take them on, but what on two, that's not for you, you know, move the ball on. Um, how do we get them to uh, see all nine players on the ball? So they know when to back cut, you know, yes. often players don't even see that their defender is staring at the basketball because they're also staring at the basketball. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, how do we, how do we get uh, all our players playing with high levels of confidence? Yes. You know, so it's, um, there are so many different aspects to it beyond the tactics of the game. And it would be great if we were teaching every kid a, a high, high, high level of, of tactics, mm. but also just the, the the basic fundamentals of what, what shots are good shots to take. You know, yeah. are we teaching them to play defense well and legally? Yeah. You know, are we really working on the skills like we should shooting, uh, using our weak hand, things like that. Um, yeah. you know, there are still players in the New Zealand league, Kiwis that, you know, the scout on them is well, they can sort of shoot. They sort of can't use their weak hand and yeah. they sort of can play defense, but sort of can't. Yeah. Um, and so we want to get to the point where our game is growing. And I mean, I guess the big caveat here is it's not all negative. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we, we are producing some tremendous players and there are some tremendous coaches in our game and, uh, both on the men's and women's side, we're getting more and more college athletes coming through. Um, and so it's, it's not all doom and gloom. You know, there are a bunch of great people out there, both within the BBNZ umbrella and outside the umbrella, um, doing fantastic things um, yeah. in the game as well. So certainly just want to throw that caveat in there. Don't want to sound like it's uh, all doom and gloom. But um, yes. yeah, we just strive to continue to be better like the players do. Um, yeah. Strive to continue to teach them in a better way. Um, yes. Yeah, how do we do that? I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. And and I think that that's the, as I grow my technical knowledge myself and I see and I go down and watch high school basketball, I so desperately want to want the kids to be better and and, but also for us to be, maybe try and teach the kids more discipline, but also be less hard on them in a public sense where it's like, so-and-so's like, you know, maybe someone will say, oh, so-and-so plays shit defense. And it's like, well, have they actually been taught? You know, have they been taught? Have they been taught discipline around the, around the shot profile? You know, like um, if you're, 
should you be shooting off the dribble on the run on the right side of the court like and at 16 you probably shouldn't but if your coach isn't pulling you up and telling you that that's a bad shot then it, it comes back on us as a uh, a basketball community in terms of the way that we teach that so when we th- when we think about coaching then we we need more resources in our coach in our coaches um we need more resources put into our coaches so that the higher level ones can go and like you talked about what the mainland Eagles are doing. It's like, they're not, they wouldn't waste any time in lockdown. They were in bringing in the best people, regardless if they were from Canterbury or whatever, they're just bringing them in and, and being like, you know, Fitch, Seiko, all these others and sorry, Fitch, Paulie and others bringing them in and having, and having these zooms so that other coaches can continue to, to raise their level. And I know coaches that, um, yeah, that were, you know, just, I don't want to say just um, at lower levels of high school, but I know coaches from from all spectrums were jumping in on these. And I think that that's important is that regardless if you get paid as a coach, if you're at a high level of high school, low level of high school, or just in primary school, if you have the chance with these resources to jump in, I would advise people to get in and raise your knowledge because next time you you, you go along and you can be an assistant for, for, a, for a team and then you, then you have these skills that other people don't have. I think... Sometimes we can be too proud around, you know, maybe I've played at a high, at a high level um, or, you know, maybe I think I can ref, but I, actually I'm not that great at it. I played, but I'm, I'm, I wasn't able to ref or I coached and vice versa. But sometimes New Zealanders can be too proud of it. It's like, hey, use these resources. There aren't a massive amount of them. Use them and jump in and just take it upon yourself to further yourself, right? Yeah, 100%. Um, I, I did a lot of that in Hawke's Bay and, and still try to do a lot of that where I think you're, you're one, just sharing your own knowledge. And I think the more coaches that, you know, the more places put on coaching clinics where we just share knowledge and, and listen to each other, it's helpful. I think one of the main things I always try to teach just younger coaches or beginner coaches or intermediate level coaches even is, is mindset and how we coach mistakes, you know. Um, uh, is it a mistake of omission where they've forgotten to do something they should do? You know, they're not sprinting hard. They're not boxing out. Uh, then cool. You know, like we need to be firm on that and, and tell the kid, you know, that's not what we need to be doing here. Uh, or is it a mistake of commission? You know, like they, they took a great shot. They were on balance and they just happened to miss, Yeah. you know, like it was the, and, and therefore there's no reason to just yell at them under some guise of I'm being tough on them. Yeah that's a good shot to take, you know, is it a mistake where the fact that they saw that pass is on and they went to throw it, that's a good tactical decision, but the pass selection, they, they don't quite have it. You know, they don't quite have that left hand bounce pass. So now it's like, well, I'm not going to yell at them for that necessarily. I'm, but I will need to talk to them. It's a teaching moment, you know? So what mistakes are just unacceptable? What mistakes are teaching moments and what mistakes are, mistakes that we can live with like a missed shot um, yes. that was that was a good shot to take um, and so that stuff comes first you know then we can go up to you know when I had the New Zealand under 15 team you know we beat Australia in a game we lost them in the final but you know we're doing ball screen concepts you know Australia switches we boomerang you know now we have our guard against the four man closing out and um you know, we, we can get higher and higher with concepts, but if we're just talking high school leagues in New Zealand and, and rep level, at the very least, like understanding mindset, how can we create resilience and confident players? Yes. And how do we coach mistakes is, yeah. is very, very important because 
Now we know when is the time that I do go hard on these players and sort of say, this is not good enough. Mm. And when is the time I can wrap an arm around them and say, this is a teaching moment. And when do I just have silence? And when do I praise? You know? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And praise, praise is a vital tool. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, and and the, this this again comes back to, um, yeah, we're balancing the X's and O's versus the the stuff which is around young athletes. You know, and there's there's probably more out there available around how you can teach young athletes separate from basketball. And and I mean, this is a bigger conversation. Um, I sometimes re-listen to um, older podcasts of people I've had on because I learn so much from the guests. Um, while I'm also trying to improve the way I go about this, but um, it's like, I mean, we're talking to uh, the boys from GI Rise at Sione and Josiah, and we're just talking about the way that, um, that we do want to make these people, these kids better people after they've come for our, through our programs. And so the way that you treat them as, you know, the young adults and, and how, as you say, how you praise them, um, like at professional level, you're going to get yelled at um, probably if you fuck one of these things up. But it's like at at the high school level, how can we how can we really try to dig in and make sure that these kids learn, even if they're the ninth man on the bench, how do they learn the habits? Like one that I'm a big fan of, um, well, not a big fan of. Like it annoys me if people don't do it. Is like when kids they come to the game and then or practice and they leave their shit just strewn all over down the bench. And I see kids doing this age 16, 17, and I'm sort of like. It, it doesn't sound, maybe to some kids, it doesn't sound like a big deal, but all this sort of stuff, like eventually if you want to get recruited or you want to get on a bigger team, like you've got to have to start doing this because even if you don't, like eventually you're going to have to clean your room or you're going to have to get a job where this stuff matters. And so I think that those standards are things that can be learnt and can be applied regardless if you know, if you don't have a high level of, of knowledge around pick and roll coverage, for example, that those other stuff can the other off court things can be applied, and I think that is a really good base level for for our, us to start on. Obviously, we need do need to be better on that technically, but that stuff is really important to start off with, right? A hundred percent. You know, so for example, uh, at Napier Girls, we had some expectations, and you know, it's it's show up to training on time. You 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 bring a drink bottle with you. Um, you're you're prepared. You're ready to go, uh, and you're not using your phone during the training. Yes. You know, if you're not an idiot about it. There might be some exceptions where they might be expecting a certain call from a family member for some emergency reason, and you're not going to tell them no. But you know, you're creating some sort of standards of you know we'll have music playing, we're going to have fun, we're going to enjoy ourselves. But you know, as you say, there are certain expectations that come with being a part of the team. And you know, you named one, and you pick up after yourself. That's it's, it sounds elementary, you're right, but um, these things matter. And and then you mentioned the professional level; those expectations can get higher, you know. And if, if the, you never had to do that as a kid, you know, we really have to then, quote unquote, teach you how to be a pro. Yes. Um, and there is an element of that still at the Bulls level. You know, we'll have some eighteen-year-olds, no doubt, this year, and especially from our catchment area, we want to we want to invest in them and, and develop them and, and keep basketball going for them after high school. And we'll have to teach them how to be a pro in that regard. And, you know, we are not going to pick up after them and things like that. Um, and you mentioned, you mentioned Sione and, and Josiah at GI Rise, who, who do a tremendous job of 
of going about things the right way. And yes. we, we talk about not just treating players like a number, uh, that they're actually human beings. And, and now we come into all the holistic stuff. Once again, we've circled our way back round is yeah. there are certain expectations on you, but in turn, you know, I care for you. I check in with my past players and, um, it's the right way to go about things in my view is you can talk about playing basketball the right way on the court. Very, very important. And doing the right things off the court is, is equally as important. And winning is a byproduct of all these things. Um, You know, like we are not just here sitting about talking about winning. Uh, We're here talking about doing the process the right way. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And in terms of young players on the court, um, I ask this of lots of different people when they come on the podcast. What things, if, if there's always complaints about resources and, and um, uh, training facilities and that sort of stuff, and like we, we need to work on that as a country and we know that, but what things can young players that are listening in, what things can you work on when you're on, on your own in the backyard with your basketball, uh, or if it's just you and a mate, you know, what are some things that you can work on uh, if you've just got your hoop? Um, and like, what are some basic drills and things that kids can do to work on their game when they're younger? I'm a big believer in you just need a basketball and a hoop to get better. Um, if you really have the desire, you know, um, motivation's definitely one aspect, but discipline and grit is the biggest aspect because with discipline and grit, you can overcome days where you don't quite have the motivation to get out there. With discipline and grit, you'll be able to get out there on on any sort of day. I mean, it's an endless question, right? Especially if you have a wall or a partner, you can work on any sort of pass. You can work on any sort of form shot. You can work on any type of dribbling. And it can be as basic as I'm young and I'm just going to pound the shit out of the basketball with my left hand. And I'm going to do in and out crosses with my left hand. And I'm going to just keep working my left hand handle. Um all the way through to I'm going to do these complex dribble moves, ensure that I can do it at speed. The ball's not out of my hand for very long. I'm able to control the ball coming back up. And then I'm working on picking the ball up, which is a skill and getting into my jump shot. You know, C Webb is the best at it. You could argue like picking the basketball up and and getting into his jump shot at lightning quick speed. Um, So, I mean, without naming a thousand different drills, the answer really is a basketball and a hoop. You can get better if you have uh, motivation, but also discipline and grit to get better. You can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really good, and I think I think kids just need to realize that they that they don't need all that stuff. And you can go on YouTube and put in, um, you know, Google dribbling drills, and and I think, yeah, you don't need to have you don't need to have this a a crazy like training regime or whatever jump onto YouTube, try, type the stuff in that, that, that you feel like you need to work on and eventually you'll come across something that will that will give you like a, um, a, a high level understanding and it's like, right, here's this dribble drill and it's going to take me 12 minutes. But if you do, if you do that every day, uh, it might only be 12 minutes, but if you do that every day and you were to do it for a year, um, I guarantee that, you're, that, that your dribbling will be better. And I, I think kids also in New Zealand probably struggle sometimes to ask, not sometimes, a lot of the time to ask questions. I think asking questions is really important. How can you utilize your great coach, you know, that, that, that has played the game before, but also as a really great coach and say at the end of a session, look, coach, what can I go and work on over the summer? Um, not just the stuff that you asked me to work on, but 
what are some extra things that I can do to go and work on my fitness or my game? And um, yeah, kids just sort of just have this, New Zealand kids seem to have this this sort of, um, where they're quite quiet and, you know, they're not always quite that talkative um, and, and their college years, but going and asking these type of questions, I think is really important. Be curious, be inquisitive about the game because that's how you're going to learn is you can't, you can't learn and grow if you continue to to just do the same things that you're doing. So I think that learning to communicate and ask questions and, and go the extra mile, not only will that help take you further in terms of um, your relationship and the references that people are going to give you down the line, it's actually also going to help you to grow. 100%. You know, and, and really what, what we're talking about here is fundamentals as well. I mean, there is a lot more to the game than just the fundamentals, but they are the base of your pyramid. I mean, you talk about a year 12 or year 13 kid in New Zealand who can go both ways off the dribble, can shoot the three, can finish with either hand with contact, can pass from either hand from a variety of release points, and can play defense. You're talking about a really good New Zealand high school player all of a sudden. Yeah. Uh, because, and I and, and this is why I think whenever people see any drills I do to help players with skill development, and we're talking about a New Zealand high school level, they're not complicated, big, fancy drills or anything like you're talking, like we've discussed, right? It's just, yeah, like working on your left hand, working on maybe one finishing move, you know, work on getting that shot right, work on our defense, work on our footwork, work off passing with both hands, dribbling with both hands. It's just stuff like that. I mean, with Napier girls, for instance, you know, we get to secondary school nationals, you've got video scout on the opposition and the girls, I had a lot of netball players. So they, a lot of my players didn't really have any knowledge of who was good and who was not or who people were. They'll go, she's a New Zealand under 19, but she can't shoot and she can't go left. It's like, yeah, man, like yeah. It, it, it is a little bit like that, you know, and, and if you can go both ways and you have the fundamentals down pat, you're actually going to be a very tough cover. Yeah. Um, and the same is true at higher levels, obviously. And then once you've nailed the fundamentals, you can start building on the base of that pyramid with more complex skills and there's tactical skills and as well as technical skills, but um, and X-factor skills like mental toughness and leadership come into play, uh, like you mentioned. But that's another answer to the previous questions about how to help the Kiwi game is, is a real big emphasis on fundamentals. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah, and the fundamentals... The, the, the fundamentals that you're talking about are, um, are the skill basics and then obviously those off-the-court basics that we, we talk about as well. In terms of the, where the game is at, um, at the moment in New Zealand, it's it's been amazing. Like, Obviously, lockdown is a strange time in New Zealand, but I feel like over the last couple of months, we've had... Um, it was like the NBL was finished. We went into lockdown and then we had um, new BBN CEO, um, a pending rehire of Piero Piero Cameron as the as the head the head coach of the Tall Blacks. It's like we've just things are you know there's 10, 12 new jobs with basketball in New Zealand as well, and there's just a whole bunch of things happening at the moment in the game, which I think are really positive. Um, yeah, how do you feel about about the entire landscape and how things are at the moment, and 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 where we're going as a as a basketball country? I think I think it's positive. I think it's going in the right direction. Like I said, we've got more and more college players. You know. You go and watch a high school game, uh, you know, a semi-final at Nationals, for instance, and it's better than it was 30 years ago, 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, there's more height. Um, it's it's mostly in a in a good place. 
I think it's no secret that when the governing body is in really great shape, you know, things will be better. Um, yeah. I'm not even really making a comment on whether they are in good shape or bad shape, but I think yeah. when the, anyone's national body is in good shape, that is a good thing yeah. um, around player and coach development because that flows down to, to everything then. Um, coaching's important, but man, there's some exciting talent. Yes. You know, if you look at our 10 best female and, and 10 best male prospects, I guess, yeah. their ceilings are really high, yes. you know, on both sides. You know, look at the yeah. girls' side, Lily Tolale, 6'3", yeah. um, center that moves with great fluidity, that can go over both shoulders in the post, that can shoot, yeah. and she is just lovely. Yeah. A lovely yeah. human being, you know, yes. and I could list many examples. And uh, yeah. look over to the boys' side, look at um, Dante Russo-Nance, you know. Yeah. My my God, what a skilled player for such a young age, you know. Yeah. Um, you can list so many on, yeah. on both sides. And I want to make sure we give our girls' side props as well because they, yeah. they get way less coverage than our men yeah. um, or our boys, you know. But we are, we're in a good place, you know, and I think with good coaching and, and, and things like that, we can be competitive with a, with Australia on all our youth levels as well. Yes. Um, you know, as, as, as long as we come, you know, we just need to come with an okay team and, and high-level coaching and, and we'll be just as good as them. We're just as good as anyone in the world um, yeah. with the right structures behind us. And I, I truly believe that um, when I had that New Zealand team, we had no fear of Australia Yes. at all. Yeah. Um, they are 15 year olds just like us. They turn the ball over under pressure just like us. Yeah. Um, it's, we are the underdogs, but we know we're better. And yeah. you, the very, they're the very much the attitude is it's not going to be given to us. Of course it's not, but we, we know that if we show up and we take it and we earn it and we dive on the ball and we box out every time and we play the right way and we take the right shots that we can, it's ours, yeah. you know? And I think that approach to being a proud Kiwi and that approach to our game is, is it right there? You know, it's, yeah. we fear no one. And I think when you watch the Tall Blacks, you know, the 2019 World Cup is the last time they played in earnest yeah. as the, the first team. Yeah. Um, I know, I know Rubes and Mika were unfortunately injured, but that team, again, no fear. You know, they, they didn't walk in with anything except, you know, if we play well today, this is ours for the taking. We're not scared yeah. of anyone. We're just as good as anyone here. Yeah. And we'll play to our strengths and, you know, they've got, they're playing Giannis. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. he is one of two players in NBA history to have an MVP, a finals MVP, a defensive player of the year trophy yeah. in a three year span. You know, he's phenomenal. Yeah. No fear. Yeah. Right down to the final whistle. Yeah. Down, down eight within the last minute. No, no change in demeanor, you know, and that's New Zealand for you. And I yes. think we're just getting better and better and better. Yeah. Um, and that's the name of the game is, is putting New Zealanders on, you know, um, once the New Zealand league starts, you know, we, the battle lines are drawn a little bit, but in the off season, I'm, I'm helping any Kiwi, you know, um, we're doing everything we can to lift our Kiwis up, coaches and players, um, get them to the Australian league, get them to their next deal. You know, um, it, it's, it's, it's really important. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And that attitude that attitude stuff is key, and I mean, it was great to hear Tab when Tab Baldwin reflect on that in the in the podcast that we did a few days ago around our attitude. And I think that that attitude and that grit and drive is like we, we've we've been like that with sport for a long time. And I think that kids not only need to realize like this is where I need to be, 
but that we need to play to our strengths. Um, and and if we can do more of that and and apply and combine that with some really strong professionalism, there's no reason why we can't yeah replicate the amazing results that we've had previously at World Champs. And um, yeah, I think that the appointment of of a guy like Dylan Boucher, he's going to be able to take. Um, what we already have, the base that we already have. And regardless if people think that that base is too amateur or, or whatever it is, that regardless, you know, that I, I read that the player numbers are up 46% on this last time three or five years ago. Like we still have this base regardless of where people think the game is at. And with people like Dylan and, and you know, got Megan Compain on the on the board, that we, we have all of a sudden have these other people involved who've been involved at, at high levels in different organizations and internationally. And we're able to bring this in and then use that and be like, right, we've, we've got the tall blacks program and, you know, and the tour ferns program, look how marketable, look how marketable they are and look at the great players we already have. And then, as you say, um, applying some of that stuff, it means that we can compete. Um, but it's just, yeah, applying, applying a bit more of that high level, um, stuff. And, and then some of our fundamentals around, around our kids game. Um, yeah, it's it's difficult with with what this, these cancellations. Obviously, when this podcast comes out, it would have already been there. We've seen the secondary uh, New Zealand secondary school championships have been um, basically cancelled. You know, there's no postponement, unfortunately, due to COVID, and so it is really difficult. But i i have a, I have a lot of optimism. Um, you know, I'm can be a bit outspoken at times, but I have a lot of optimism around around where the game is going. Um, yeah, I think we just need to stick to our strengths and utilize the the people like we were talking about yeah 100 percent. i mean it's and it's an it's really is an attitude thing so and i'm trying to bring that to everything i've ever done and everything i'm gonna do um and so with next season it being franklin bulls uh you can bitch and moan about how the state of the new zealand legal you like you know we don't have enough resources we don't have enough money yeah it's true but you've got to find a solution you know we are going to be highly professional you know, the, the level of tactics is going to be good. The level of film and scout and video is going to be good. The coach is full-time. You know, I don't have another job. I'm not somewhere else during the day. There are courts available. Players can come in and work out anytime. Players can get to the gym 24-7 that's in our facility and lift if they want. The coaches are available to them. The trainings can be during the day. You know, it's it's trying to replicate professionalism as much as we can. And that's the attitude that we've always had in this country is that we're going to punch above and it doesn't matter what the situation is, we're going to make it work. You know, Team USA might walk in the gym with a bunch of fancy equipment and we're walking in with our basketball shoes and a plastic pack and save bag for all I know, who cares? We're going to make it work and we're going to bring it to you for 40 minutes, you know? Yeah. Um, and so finding solutions to problems and is, is everything. Yeah. And um, I think that's something in our game um, and it's always been an approach of mine and I, I I think that's why the kids, you know, they beat Australia and um, they, they, they brought into that attitude and then they possess that attitude themselves going forward for the rest of their lives now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. And and, and I think, um, yeah, like the this, this solution-based thing, I go back to a podcast with Zico, like it reminds me again, those sort of things you're saying. And it's like, yeah, we might not have the resources, but if people were bloody-minded and, and are really determined to, to put in that work, then... Um, as Zico said, <laughs> stay up to three AM. Get the get the job done, and and it's like there's no there's no substitute for hard work, and that's on coaching side, that's on administrative side, and that's on 
yeah that's on players um yeah so yeah talk on that (laughs) (laughs) i mean you mentioned zico and obviously i i consider zico my primary mentor you know he's he's the thing i've learned a lot of especially in the context of the new zealand national league and something i've definitely adopted from him and all everyone that's ever been a player of mine even you know i've talked about napier girls high school secondary school nationals i'm up to three or four a.m getting the video scout ready for them players know that they win games you know there is no coach that should be taking credit necessarily for for winning games coaches prepare players for games and I'm going to expend every little bit of energy, move every bit of mountain I can move to have my players prepared for the game. They'll get the most feedback possible. You know, I'll spend all hours doing that video scout, you know, all hours doing that. And I think the players know you care because you're doing it because you want them to succeed. Yes. You, you desperately want to see them be successful. Yeah. Um, you know, you care about them. You get to know them deeply, what motivates them how to get the best out of them, what their strengths and weaknesses are, what their goals are and what the challenges and barriers to their goals are and how you can help them get there. And if that requires you being up late, losing sleep or whatever, that's what it takes. You know, um, I'm a big proponent of that. I will work as hard as humanly possible uh, to make sure the players are ready and they will achieve their goals. And them achieving their goals, how much joy does that fill you with right like that is the name of the game right there people you care about and have invested in uh reaching success i mean that is everything and when we talk about doing things the right way to me that's it you know you care about the players and not just physically mentally spiritually socially every little part of them and you do everything for them and if you need to put your kit the kit up for training you do it you know if they want to get extra shooting and you're there, you yeah. know, and you say that about our teenagers as well. You know, they don't often ask, but if they ask, you know, like, Hey, you know, how can I get in the gym to put up extra shots? Like I'll come and unlock the gym for you. I'll, let's get extra sessions. And like, absolutely. Like if a kid or an adult in the bulls or a kid in the high school team that I coach wants to get better, you're there for them. Yeah. You know, you, you're going to do everything you can for them. You're going to spend extra hours at home in your own time thinking about ways to help them get better, breaking down film to help them get better or be more prepared for the game. Yeah. Um, and, and that winning is a byproduct of that and and success isn't just winning, it's it's them achieving and yeah. being successful. And and nothing makes me happier in life than, than seeing my players get successful. Yeah. I love that. I love that. We're going to, we're going to close that on that note, but I think to just to add to that is that, that should be the goal as for us as coaches, administrators, media, whatever it is, is that we we help our kids achieve their goals in life and in basketball and and try not to focus on anything, you know, that's that's beyond that. Um and, and we just focus on on what's best for the kid and hoping that, yeah, if their achievement if they just want to get fitter, then so be it. And, you know, like we yeah, it's great, but we want to try and find the next Stephen Adams, like that's that's going to happen if we take care of the game. But in my eyes, it's like working on helping them achieve their goals, become better kids. Thank you so much, Morgan, for for jumping on. Um, I I appreciate um, yeah your I appreciate your realness, your um, the how you continue to grow and that you've taken the next step in um, in your career by jumping in as head coach of the of the Franklin Bulls and I know that you already add so much to the to the community. So yeah, I really appreciate you 
you're taking your time and I look forward to seeing you um, grow over the next few years. Thank you very much, Stevie. It's awesome uh, to be on the podcast. Appreciate it. No, no worries. Have a good day.